Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that sees two movies with something in common go head-to-head to see which one does it best. On this week's first Clashmas showdown of the festive season, in the green corner, Jim Carrey finds himself sandwiched between Boris Karloff and Benedict Cumberbatch in taking on the iconic role of the Grinch, shouting, mugging, screaming, gurning, singing and stealing Christmas. In a place where the Christmas spirit is everywhere. Have the best Christmas Well, almost everywhere. Counting down the Christmas clock, all young people. Yes, this Christmas music, it's joyful and triumphant. Jim Carrey is the Grinch. I must stop this Christmas from coming. Well, in the other corner, Grumpy Krampus causes a Christmas rumpus. How are we going to survive Christmas with 12 people stuck in a house with no heat and no electricity? Or food. There's plenty of leftovers, Howard. Beer it is. It's the weirdest thing. There's no cars, no people. How long can this keep up? We heard something on the roof. What the hell is this? St. Nicholas is not coming this year. Instead, a much darker ancient spirit. Those are hooves. Elk or a goat? What kind of goat walks on its hind legs? His name is Krampus. So what connects these two films and which one does it better? Let's find out. It's Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken! Hello Clash Potters, I'm Chris Tilly. I'm Vicky Crompton. And Alex Zane is not with us today. Yay, I mean, boo! <laughs> as he's currently hiding on Mount Crumpet with his dog. <laughs> Meaning we've got to start Clashmas without him. How are you feeling about that, Vicky? I feel fine. <laughs> no, sorry, that's not even... No, I feel like I'm a professional, so it's fine. Yeah. But also sad, because yeah. it's not the same without him. It is a bit sad. Yeah. I don't normally miss him, but as it's Christmas, it feels like it's a time to be with it's friends. It's the one time of year you can extend in some kindness. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, we'll get well soon, Alex. Although by the time you listen to this, I think we will have recorded next week. So I don't know. Yeah, he'll be, be fine. He'll be fine. Um, so, uh, films this week. Alex's clues were something to do with monsters and stretching and double hating. Mm. And the guesses came tumbling in like presents falling down a chimney. Uh, Lots of people went for The Nightmare Before Christmas versus How the Grinch Stole Christmas, which thematically would have been a better pair. Sure. (laughs) But we'll probably do Nightmare Before Christmas one Halloween, I reckon. Um, While some people suggested Rare Exports versus Krampus, which again would have been a very strong pair, maybe stronger (laughs) than this. But even before Clue 2 went live, uh, featuring Alex's award-winning performance, um, Gary... One of the Garys no! went early uh, with Krampus and the Grinch. And if we're happy that the Grinch is the same as how the Grinch stole Christmas, as people seem to be arguing on Twitter, <laughs> right. then Gary is our winner. 
and will be receiving a big DHL delivery on Christmas Eve that consists of a cherub, a teddy bear, a toy robot and a jack-in-the-box. Enjoy. <laughs> so, Vicky, yes. connection section. Oh, I've got a few. So, consumerism has ruined Christmas. 100,000%. Uh, Christmas stampedes in the shop and sort of in Whoville. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is equivalent to hats, but okay. characters called Max. There you go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who's oh yeah the boy and very the dog. good very good key characters yeah um they both play out in something snowy and small you've got a snowflake oh yeah and a snow globe that's nice. that we're playing out at the end um kids being bullied very sadly oh yeah in both movies yeah um heroic dogs yes yes yeah, sorry I missed that yep yeah yep. heroic yep. dogs yep um. Is that all you got? It is all I've got, yeah. It's all I've got. So, I mean, ultimately, it's about monsters who enjoy messing with Christmas. So on Thursday, I'll be celebrating Christmas Eve, all. <laughs> with, that was worth turning up for. <laughs> with Krampus. But for now, Vicky, take us on a festive journey. No matter how different a who may appear, he will always be welcomed with holiday cheer. Except that's not true, is it, Cindy? Because if you're the Grinch and you're green and you had an invisible beard when you were eight, you'll be chased out of town to live in a rubbish dump forever. And what's worse, your actual home is overrun by the shit the Who's these Christmas-obsessed selfish maniacs throw away every year, including probably Max the dog, your only friend in the world, thus fueling your hatred for the one time of year where you might reconcile and heal those old wounds. But instead you've got to smash your own brains in just to banish hurtful memories. Happy Christmas. I digress. The Grinch steals Christmas eventually, but that doesn't work because of singing. And so the Grinch is welcomed back into the fold, reunited with sexy Martha, which makes his cheeks warm. I bet it does. And then hosts the annual Christmas dinner in his mountain home. Just watch out for the dog carcasses, those unwanted Christmas presents that didn't survive the dump it to crump it. (laughs) More on that later. Uh, Well, I'm still (laughs) laughing about the invisible beard. (laughs) What is that all about? You're so hairy. It's really not. (laughs) I just had to assume that beard in Whoville just meant sideburns. Okay. Because he doesn't have a beard ever. (laughs) He doesn't have any hair in the places in which he shaves. Anyway, nonetheless. So I can't remember when I saw this, as in, I only watched it once. I would have been in my early 20s, like a student house, sort of, you know, cosy, easy viewing, not paying much attention. But I have to confess, I've always hated the drawings of Dr. Seuss. Mm. Hated them to the point where the kids now have got some of the books and I cannot bear to look at them. (laughs) So I'm not a big, I mean, I just can't bear it. And I think the reason I can't bear it, I had to do a bit of digging, is because the snouty faces of the who's and are like a lot of the characters. They remind me of when the kids in the witches get turned into mice and that's why I can't cope with it. Right. So I've seen it once. I can't bear those snouts. Never again, apart from in the week. What about you? Well, I didn't grow up on Dr. Seuss. No, I don't think... Did is it very? It's very much a US thing, is it? It is, although I feel like people will tell us now that they did grow up on Dr. Seuss in the UK. But maybe also this film helped... Um, sort of his popularise him over here because him and Maurice Sandak, like where the wild things are, I didn't know about. It, it was it. Ina Bly and a Roald Dahl. Yes. Um, but so I think the first I even knew of The Grinch, because in the States, even if you didn't read the books, the cartoon was on every year. Yeah. Which again, wasn't a thing that was on every year here. No. But the first time I think I saw the cartoon or some of it was when Kevin McAllister was watching it in Home yeah, Alone 2. Yeah, you're right. And I think I think there's sort of a dissolve from the Grinch smiling to Tim Curry smiling. Yeah, there is. There's your little mention, uh, Alex. <laughs> um, and so, um, yeah, I didn't really know the story, but, you know, I love a Christmas film. And I remember looking forward to this movie because at the time I was a huge Jim Carrey fan, right. as a lot of us were. And then based on the trailers and the reviews, I just checked out. Right, I was okay. like, I don't fancy this. I'm not going to watch it. And so I didn't. I never watched it. And then about five years ago just in a desperate search for new Christmas films, I thought, well, I may as well put it on because it is Jim Carrey and, you know, it is Ron Howard. Yes. And I got to the bit where Cindy Lou sings her song, Where Are You Christmas? Yeah. And I just switched it off. Yeah. Life's too short, I told myself. She's great, but that song is jarring. Life's too short and stop watching this. You'll never have to watch this again. Just just (laughs) forget about it. And so that's where my journey with The Grinch ended. Although I did um, watch the Cumberbatch version last year. Right, okay. 
or some of it. I don't know if I finished it. Right. But um, I, I have no desire that. to, to no. check that out. And it was fine, though. I mean, I, I thought that was all right. But um, yeah. My only other connection to the Grinch is that I used to eat... Um, Glass! <laughs> <laughs> I used to eat at the Chippy where Boris Karloff, who voiced the original Grinch, was born. Oh, really? Where yeah. is that? It's the Seamaster on Forest Hill Road. Oh, sort my of- God! Yeah, yeah. Yes. It's got a blue plaque inside the chippy saying Boris, Boris Karloff was born here, which is just the coolest thing. Yeah. Do you know what? We must have wandered around the same streets of South East London at the same time before we even knew each other. Magic. That's my, Mark's mum lives around the, literally a two minute walk from that chip shop. Good. It's yeah. good fish as well, if anyone. <laughs> Looking for a chippy and pecking if anyone cares, yeah. Go to Seamaster in Forest Hill. <laughs> All right. So let's do some. There's, I so, like I said, I'm the same as you. I didn't know much about the history of this film, or Dr. Zeus, actually. But there's quite a lot to get through. So I'll try and be quick. So Dr. Zeus is the pen name of Theodore Geisel, who is very well known in the US, definitely. Not so sure about here, but I'm sure people will tell us otherwise. So he published 60 books and he sold 700 million copies, which is a lot. Um, yeah, kids love them. I mean, my kids love the rhymes. I just can't bear to look at the joints. That's yeah, and, and, but also, you know, it's, diff- it's a different story now to how it was 20 years ago because sure. there's six films or so out and they're huge movies you know these are movies that are making half a billion I thought you were going to say about this because there were six books that were pulled recently for um, hurtful depictions of people which basically means racist depictions of people which there's a big conversation going on over there about his legacy and you you know do you bin the whole thing or do you just Mm. you know you you admire his legacy where it's good and then you bin the bits that were a bit shit and hurtful like there's a there's a lot to be said about that Uh, but anyway he died Dr. Seuss did in 91 at the time of his death there wasn't much in the way of adaptations like merch and stuff like that. There was the TV version of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. When he died, he was writing the adaptation of All the Places You'll Go, which is actually one of the books that I do like. But anyway, his widow, Audrey, <laughs> she's going to change all that. I think Audrey might be the villain of this piece. I'm, I, by, by the time when, we get to the end of this, yeah. of this whole story. When I started reading about her, I was like, oh, I get it. And then by then I was like, love Audrey. <laughs> Fuck it, why not? She's going to merch the living shit <laughs> out of, of this legacy. She sounds, she sounds like a somewhat demanding lady. She does. Um, but I would also, well, I'll come back to, inconsistent. Um, but we'll get there. Yeah, so, agreed. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So this, I love this, this idea. So she puts How the Grinch Stole Christmas, she puts the rights up for auction, <laughs> And in order to get into the room to pitch, you, the studio director, whoever you are, you know, your team, you've got to pay $5 million for the material, 4% of gross, which is huge, 50% of the merch and 70% of income from the book tie-ins. And also, quote, any actor submitted for The Grinch must be of comparable stature to Jack Nicholson, Jim Carrey, Robin Williams and Dustin Hoffman. Additionally, um, she wouldn't consider any director or writer who hadn't earned at least a million dollars on a previous picture. So she's only interested in big established names. Mm, that was the only bit I didn't like. I'm actually all for it. If you can get it, go for it. You know, you, you, yeah. you worked on contracts and things. Friggin' go for it. It's Definitely. just that that felt a bit weird because just because you've earned a million dollars doesn't, doesn't mean, you mean you're a good, good director. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree with you. Like, yeah, fine, get it. It's your stuff. It was your husband's, you know, mm-hmm. um, IP. You're his wife. Go for it. But to put this bar on it, which is like, if you haven't been paid this you're no good I think is, mm. is I mean it all turned out fine but still it's just a little bit tart uh, anyway did it, did it all turn out fine though well, that's what we'll dig into financially yeah. it did yeah exactly <laughs> uh, so uh, Tom Shadyak is mentioned John Hughes the Farrelly brothers actual Jack Nicholson uh, later Tim Burton would be in the mix but Audrey likes Universal because Universal have got a Seuss uh, themed theme park ride um, and so Brian Grazer goes in but he takes Gary Ross and she's not keen on the pitch that they've got because Gary Ross wanted to take the Grinch to the worlds of Green Eggs and Ham, McGilliot's Pool and other books. And she said no, because she said the other books would be in other productions. And that's her saying, why make one movie mm. when you can make 60 movies? Fine, which fair enough. Which is fair enough. Yep. So Brian Grazer begs her for another go, which I quite like the idea of him begging her. So this is where I start <laughs> to like her. He gets Ron Howard... In. And apparently on the flight over, Ron Howard's thinking, like, how do we tell this story? And he, he he sort of focuses in on Cindy Lee and what's the Grinch's motivation, Cindy Lou, sorry, and all the rest of it. Um, and so Audrey is in. We've got a script by Jeffrey Price and Peter Seaman, who we literally just talked about on Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Mm. So she asks, she says, Audrey, for numerous revisions on the screenplay. She says, eight drafts. I was like, okay, I think that's fine. There was much I didn't like. Um, she didn't like what she calls sexual humour. Okay, good. We got none of that in the film. That's exactly right. So when the interview was like, what do you mean? She's like, oh, like creating a furball. <laughs> and then 
<laughs> she wouldn't elaborate any further. Some of the jokes, which we will pick up later, are unbelievably lewd and quite sexy. Yes. There's a joke about swinging that I cannot... She either didn't know what it was... I can't believe that she did, she wasn't like, take that out. Mm, strange that the guys who wrote Roger Rabbit put all that weird sex stuff in this kid's film. <laughs> That's true. I'm How starting to think it? they might have a problem. Maybe. So uh, Jack Nicholson was considered, as we said, also Eddie Murphy, but it went to Jim Carrey because Audrey liked Jim Carrey. He'd met her before, he spun her around, he held her close and he made a Grinch face and she was sold. But... The studio needed a little bit of convincing. You're going to pay Jim Carrey something like $20 million and under all the makeup, he would be barely recognisable. So they were understandably asking a few questions about that. This is one of the fav- my favourite facts I found out. Ron Howard showed a videotape of Carrey and other actors in the full makeup to his daughter and her friends and then said to the audience, if you see Jim Carrey, put your hand up. And they spotted him apparently every single time because yeah. he's so unmistakably him, even though you can't see his yep. face. Um, the makeup, I think this is all fairly well known. Mm. Jim Carrey absolutely hated the makeup, took three hours to get into. He often refused to do it. The contact lenses were really sore. They, The filmmakers hired, I read it was either, I mean, CIA, Navy SEAL, I don't, quite on the difference but mm. some dude to I assume a dude actually could be wrong it, no it was it was a man it would be a man he, he talked about it on Graham Norton oh really yeah so yeah they offered him like how to survive torture tips because it was he said it was that bad it's like being buried alive is yeah what I think Hollywood people need to get a grip sometimes. I mean, this is the thing. I you, you I don't understand. You know, you don't want to throw somebody else's pain under the bus, but it's like, it isn't like being buried alive because you've not been buried alive. And also, do you remember that $20 million that you're getting? <laughs> do you remember that? Like, that's lovely, isn't it? I, so, I mean, I understand the, the, the enlarged contact lenses with the eyes. I imagine that is absolute agony. Yeah. But he sounded like... Uh, you know, he was being a bit of a prima donna, ripping ripping all the makeup off when no one was looking. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So Kazuhiro did the makeup, mm. who then had to like stage a bit of a walk off for yeah. about a week and went into hiding to sort of, you know, so the producers like, we need to show Jim how valuable you are. This story is really, it's awful. So apparently he's in the trailer and he's putting the makeup on and Jim Carrey just goes to him, looks at the makeup and says, this colour is different from yesterday. Fix it. And Kazuo here is like, I am obviously using the same colour as I used yesterday. So it has to do that thing where you're pander to someone's ego where you're like, okay, I'll get a quite much different colour, put the same colour on his face. And it's like, have it's like the Emperor's New Clothes. It's ridiculous. Mm. Um, so apparently, and he said every day was like that. And the fallout from that was quite dark for him. For Kazuhiro? Yeah. I thought he got a green card. Uh, yeah, but he also ended up in therapy. Oh yeah, he did, didn't he? He said yes. that was the last time he ever wanted to do that. Yeah, he ended up in therapy because of how stressful uh, the experience had been. And, and I think he was going to give up the whole the whole gig, but luckily he came back to make up. I think he won an Oscar. And, he did, you know, didn't he do... Wasn't it Gary, Gary Oldman? Yeah, yeah for their, the... dark, their darkest hour. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that is as much as I have got. Anything else? No, I think we should get into this charming movie. This charming movie. Okay, so here we go. Right, let's follow the voice of Anthony Hopkins just because... And we'll drift. So there's some puns coming up inside the snowflake. I like that it was. Uh, this is very good drift. Uh, I like you. that it was Anthony Hopkins though, because I feel like it follows in the footsteps of Boris Karloff. Okay. You've got a horror icon yeah. narrating the piece because it's it's um it's funny that in the animated one they didn't go down the horror icon route with the narrator. So you've got Boris Karloff, Anthony Hopkins, Pharrell. <laughs> <laughs> Different direction. He's keeping good company there. I mean, just to get this out of the way, because I know how boring this is, but I can't not be me. I don't like the voiceover. I love Anthony Hopkins and I love hearing his voice, but you shouldn't need it. Like, it's the runtime's too long anyway. I know it's based on a book, but it's based on a book full of rhyme. Find a way for the characters to do it. I don't think you need a voiceover, basically. Um, Interesting fun fact. In the book, the because the Who's live in, like, thatched huts, so... They've obviously struggled to try make the aesthetic, and so they had to like comb through all of the books to find all of these like recurring shapes and motifs uh, to make the film look like it does. So even though Audrey is like, do not go into those other worlds, Audrey Geisel, they had they had to in order to not have the Who's live, look like they lived into sort of like in poverty, basically. Mm. Um, so that's a fun fact. I, and I, in terms of those aesthetics, I just don't think my brain is wired this way. Um, that with the way he shot it, with everything being off kilter. The whole film feeling like it's at a Dutch angle, yeah, and and the weird sort of I I, I called them Royston Vasey faces, yeah. like it feels a bit League of Gentlemen, it does, and and everyone looking quite manic. It it made me feel very anxious in a way that I don't want Christmas to make me feel <laughs> like because I, I compare it to Elf, 
where you, you know you're in this other land that one's in the north pole and it makes me want to be there it makes me feel happy and yes. calm and this i guess it's supposed to be unpleasant because of the way they're behaving but everything about it is so unappealing that it makes me feel physically sick I completely agree with you I don't want to be anywhere near him no. and I love Christmas it makes me feel stress and fear yeah so the Who's they love Christmas but the Grinch doesn't the Grinch lives in the Whoville dump in Mount Crumpet with Max so I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole here because how do you think he found Max all he lives at the top of a mountain and all the stuff around him comes through the the dump it the, the rubbish chute so how did Max get up there? Did someone throw out their dog? This is the this is the internet theory. So there's oh. a there's a TikTok right by um Dog Mom AF. And this is this TikTok's been seen three there's a lot of people who have said it, but this particular TikTok has been watched three million times where she talks about it feels like the filmmakers are saying Max was a gift that was a puppy that was put down the chute, and that's how he ended up with the Grinch. And mm. that's why the Grinch feels a, a certain more than affection, a kinship, a friendship with Max because they both got dumped. That's a pretty solid theory. I think it is. I yeah. think it was. Like, and I also don't think it harms the film because the Who's are awful, basically. Awful yeah. people. Yeah. And the film doesn't shy away from that. So that And, and it doesn't sense. harm the film because it's not in the film. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's, it's around it's, the film. It's a TikTok. It's a TikTok about the film. <laughs> And it's not actually in the film. So the Grinch, he eats rubbish. And specifically, I was very hung up on this, bites a white onion like it's an apple, which I know is a lazy way of going, oh, he's gross. But I was like, oh, yucky, he's gross. Oh, my God. I hate onions anyway. I know. I don't even like cooked ones. But so this is one of the many reasons that he's a hero, isn't he? Because he's he's a recycler. Yes, hadn't thought of it. That's true. I feel like there were just many, <laughs> many aspects of his personality that make me think you are such a hero. Especially that I don't... because he eats glass. Like that's pure recycling, I guess. <laughs> but I suppose it depends what he does with his effluence. Uses it as fertilizer, Ooh, I guess. Oh, moving on. Anyway, so um, okay, so I like the onion bit because it was gross, and the kids that I was watching it with, my kids, they thought it was gross, so that was fun. So anyway. The Grinch is off to Whoville at this point, which I think just to chuck some post about, not sure. But he wears the most terrifying mask you've ever seen in order to not be recognised and some sort of Jedi cloak. And I couldn't concentrate on anything apart from that mask because it's one of the most terrifying things <laughs> I've ever seen. And I blocked it from my memory from my first viewing. It haunts me still. I'm also intrigued that you watch this with your kids. Yeah, This I is did. going to be very helpful. Like, How how were they feeling at this point? The, I had Leo was crying at this point because mm. of the scary mask. Great. And I promised him that we could turn it off if he got upset. And then I broke that promise immediately because I thought I can't face stopping and starting it. Like, <laughs> I just want to get through it. And he did. So he was like, you promise. I was like, yeah, I know I did this. Shut up. Um, so I made them watch it because I knew they'd get into it. I tell you, the only the only thing that I had them on the hook with is I was like, the Grinch will kiss that lady at the end. He will kiss Martha. I'm telling you, I know how this works because mummy knows, because mummy's seen it before, but also mummy knows how narrative works and he will he will kiss her and they would bang into that. Um, so why were they into that? What's exciting about... Redemption. Okay. Because no one loves him. And okay. I was like, someone will love him and that lady loves him and she'll kiss him. And did they think that was, did, did they think you're fun when you say mummy knows about narrative? <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. We're going to have a laugh today. <laughs> I'm actually in something of a copyright dispute with my eldest <laughs> over a script that he swears down. He came up with the story for it. It's like, he didn't. I shared it with him <laughs> at some point and he may have offered a few pointers and he said to me, you owe me half the money. And I was like, have you been listening in on my private conversations? How do you know about <laughs> owing you half the money? And also I'm not giving you half the money. But why are you stealing scripts from children? <laughs> Just be proud that they're having these ideas that I'm not giving him a credit. I'm not sharing my credit. Um, how did they feel about Jim Carrey as the Grinch? That's a good question because they don't know him. No. Oh, they, interesting. No, yeah, they yeah. don't. No, because they haven't seen. Of course not. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they just, I don't know. They just thought he was just this sort of manic monster. They thought he was funny. Thought he was funny. Yeah. Yeah. Not okay. always. Not consistently. Which I think is how everyone feels. Um, yes. Yeah. The the bit where he rips off the t-shirt, where he's like the Hulk. That yes. got a big laugh. Yeah, that was. I thought that was quite funny. I mean, I feel like there's an issue with his teeth here. He just, he just doesn't. He can't speak properly. I can't quite tell what he's saying. You know, I, I read reviews where they were saying, "Oh, he's doing an impression of Sean Connery at some point," and it's like I don't think he is. It's because he can't get his words out properly. Yeah. Um, it's like when you got Dracula teeth in, you yeah. sound like a Wally. And so, yeah, I just, um, 
I, I don't know. I feel like when you go back and watch the Karloff cartoon, you realise that it's got this isn't the Grinch. This is frigging Jim Carrey doing stand up. Yeah. And there are points, as I think you're alluding to, where you think they should have cut earlier or use a different take if he's improvising because not everything's working here. Yeah. But you're just chucking everything in because, oh, it's Jim Carrey. That's isn't what that I mean. Funny? And so I think I would, I wonder how, maybe not, maybe in like 20 years when our generation are much older and we don't have those like hangover memories of the love we had for Jim Carrey and when my kids are like watching it when they're sort of being nostalgic about Christmas movies will it make any sense to them like what this person is doing mm. because of because of all the makeup as well like he'll be notable as an actor that was very you know inhabited his skin the way he did and moved the way he did and all the rest of it but under all the makeup they'll be like what is this Grinch thing yes because like, if you watch Karloff and Cumberbatch yeah it's a grumpy old man it's Scrooge yeah. I get that who's this maniac in yeah, the middle exactly yeah. Let's have a small break and then we'll um, destroy the rest of it. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, so this is cute. So the Grinch, his heart is two sizes too small. And now even though his heart is two sizes too small, and even though we haven't gone on a redemptive arc just yet, he rescues Cindy Lou from a sorting machine mm. in the post office. So I think they go a bit too early on that arc. Like there's a there's a lot of trips in up and down a mountain and there's a lot of him being good basically even though he's supposed to be bad. Mm. Um but whatever. It's fine. And uh, Cindy Lou, you know, I, I like her because she doesn't have a scary face to me. She hasn't grown into her nose as the mayor <laughs> says later. So that's fine. I did read there was like an argument between Brian Grazer, an argument, a discussion, and Rick Baker about whether or not Whovilles, the Who's, should look odd, which was Rick Baker's choice, or should look cute, which was uh, Brian Grazer's choice. And I couldn't tell you who won. The, the, the article ends there. Mm. Are they supposed to be scary? Or are they supposed to be cute? Because to me, they're just quite scary. Yes, I agree. I don't like There's nout cute about that. So then Cindy Lou sings a terrible song, which I know uh, you didn't like. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know if there's something wrong with me because I also hate that song in Toy Story 2. 
Right, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if I, ca- I can't deal with a saccharine song just in the middle of... And I couldn't when I was a kid. I don't know. I did, maybe I've not got a heart. But you myself. do. You do like a musical, don't you? Don't mind a musical, but sometimes, yeah, yeah. Then you're I, in it, I guess. And it also it depends what the song is. This song is frigate. The way she performs it is so awful. Maybe I don't like little kids singing as I well. Think that's fair. Enough. That might be yeah. it because it's not as bad a song. Um, it's the song at the end, isn't it? That that Faith Hill sings. Oh God, I don't know. All I remember is "Where Are You, Christmas," and it's like, well, it's, it's right here. And Christmas isn't a person, so you can't really say "Where Are You, Christmas," but. Written by Mariah Carey. It wasn't. Yeah, which I find strange. In that Mariah Carey, who is now the Queen of Christmas. Oh yeah. And then she, they get Faith Hill to sing it at the end. Which maybe she knew it was shit. <laughs> she doesn't want to like split the vote, does Fair she? Like, she's got an absolute Christmas banger under her belt. Why would you want to pollute Ugh. your legacy with something like this? Why couldn't that have been in this film? I fucking love that song. <laughs> <laughs> Why couldn't she have sung it here? Oh my god, it just burst into a little dance as well. Oh no. Anyway. The point of the song, though, as awful as it is, she's losing her Christmas spirit kind of thing because mm. she doesn't know what to ask for for Christmas, which is very consumerist driven, but that's the point of their interpretation of Christmas. God, you did more than me. I didn't listen to the lyrics. Yeah, she doesn't know what to ask for. And so because she doesn't quite get on with Christmas anymore, this means she will feel a connection with the Grinch, who yeah. also famously does not like Christmas. So she does some digging about who he is and why he is. And this is where she finds out that... Uh, the Who's are swingers. So there's a flashback to Christmas Eve when all the babies are delivered. And there's a off. I mean, there's a very sharp joke about a baby being delivered that, hey, honey, this looks just like your boss, which is ha 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 mm-hmm. hilarious. Audrey, can't believe that one was all right by you. But also, unless I'm just being weird, the Who's are at a Christmas party and they're putting their keys in a bowl. And that in Britain, certainly, isn't that a signifier of swingers party? Yes, you're not being weird. That's exactly what's happening there. Okay. Um, I mean, you could argue that are they putting their keys there because they're getting drunk and they don't want to drive home? No, they're not. They're, they're all in walking <laughs> distance of each other. We've seen this town. Um, and it's surprising to me that uh, Dr. Seuss's widow yeah. would watch that and think, yeah, that's fine. That fits in. Because it's so unnecessary. They're having this wild party. That's enough. It's You just need a moment for them to ignore what's what's at the door. They can be doing anything. They're having a great... I mean, to be honest, before even before the key thing was happening, it was looking a bit... A bit saucy in there. Yeah, it was, I thought it was all like, this is this is a frigging... I've not been to a party that good. Yeah, on Christmas Eve as well. <laughs> Christmas, no, that's not what it's about. It's not about swinging, not Christmas Eve. And it's impractical. Mm. You've got jobs to do on Christmas Eve. There's a lot to prepare. There is not time for partner swapping, <laughs> I don't think. I mean, actually, no, not unless you're very used to it, I guess, and it's no big deal. Or your partner's no good and next door's, next door's partner is excellent at cooking. <laughs> He said cooking. Put, put that turkey on while you're here. Uh, get that basted. Um, but the adorable baby Grinch ends up with two ladies. <coughs> yeah. I feel so, like they're two ladies who live together. I think so. so. I feel like this is quite progressive. Very progressive because they seem to be uh, very into what you think is a heteronormative, very sort of marriage, I assume marriage focused People live in couples, blah, blah, blah. But I would say Grinch is raised by two women. 100 yes. he's got two moms, definitely. Yeah, and they don't draw attention to it. No. I think, A, because they're frightened, but equally, the other way of looking at it is because it doesn't matter. It's just normal. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, oh, I was like, oh, I'm quite proud of yeah. you. I, I felt exactly the same. Yeah. And also this flashback section, I just absolutely love. I love it so much because of eight-year-old Grinch, mm. played by Josh Ryan Evans. Aww. I just think... This film, I was a little bit annoyed with it at first. And then this flashback, it was just, it was like being hit with like a sugary hammer to the heart. I felt everything that eight-year-old Grinch was going through. The bullying, the ridicule, the, you know, he's like, um, he loves Martha so much. He makes Mm. this present in the only way he knows how, which is smashing things to pieces. Yeah, and he's a, Josh Ryan Evans is it was an older little person yeah. playing, playing a child, and he really delivers here. Like it's oh quite my God, sad. He's he, so good. He passed away a couple of years later, very yeah. sadly, and that that really upset me because he's he's fantastic here. What I also didn't know is he. I think he plays all the babies in Baby Geniuses, which is one of the worst films of all time. <laughs> which we should definitely do on this podcast at some point. I would love to. I'm I'm the thing. How might be his biggest fan? He just he, mm. like honestly, it just blew me away. I just thought he was he's the heart of the film, and there's. There's a sweet moment here as well where they're recounting the story in the present day and it cuts to Martha Ray. Yeah. And I, I, I wasn't 100% sure because I checked a couple of times. I think she might be wearing in her headdress the jewels <gasps> that were on the oh, present really? he got her. Oh, I love it. I'm not 100% on it, but they look similar and that would be a lovely little Easter egg if she oh, was that's so brilliant. still thinking about him. So, I mean, there is... 
<laughs> the other thing is because I had been terrified by the mask that the Grinch wears to go to town. When little eight-year-old Grinch, he's had a go at himself with the razor and the, everyone's like, lower the boat, lower the boat. What's the matter with you? <laughs> I swear to God. I was I was like, Leo was crying, my child, crying again in fear. Because I was like, they've already frightened us once. What are they going to do now? Oh, no, so, I knew what I, I knew what was coming. No, I thought he was going to have like, like I mean, I don't know, like peeled his face. Because you can't hurt yourself that badly shaving an invisible beard. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. Why? They're like, you've got a beard. But he doesn't. He doesn't. Um, so anyway, he's, he's, co- he's just covered in little bits of tissue from shaving cuts, which doesn't seem like the funniest thing in the world or that would be that sort of um, open to derision. But nonetheless, they kill themselves laughing about it. And he's belittled and ridiculed and he exiles himself. Mm. So now we know why he hates everyone. He hate, 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 double hates. Well, he hates them. He hates them because they bullied him. But he also hates them because rather than look for an eight-year-old boy who's gone missing on a mountain, (laughs) they create a myth about him (laughs) to stay away from him. That's true. That would piss me off. That's true because where are his moms in all this? Like, yes, your eight-year-old has gone missing and he's eight, and he will freeze to death. Yes, naughty mummies. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe they were just busy at the swingers party. No time for it. So back to the present day. It's time for the hubilation, and Cindy nominates the Grinch for the holiday cheermaster. Um, side note here, I couldn't concentrate because at the sort of the gathering for the hubilation, Betty Lou, Cindy's mum, is wearing a hat that to me had half a glass of milk in it, and it made me feel physically sick. And, I was, and then I, started, I was like, is it eggnog? What? That's worse. Why would you have a glass of milk on your head? What if it spills in your hair and then it dries? What? Goes sour. Gross. I couldn't concentrate. Vile. Oh, no. I know, it's really upset me. Don't get me a milk hat for Christmas. Is that, is that what you were thinking? <laughs> I don't want it. <laughs> You've left me speechless. I, I, didn't even, I didn't even clock it. Yeah, it stuck out to me. Anyway, so Cindy goes up the mountain and I just want to read this out because obviously it's the best line in in a fair few films, actually. She goes to tell the Grinch that he's been nominated, but he's busy. So are you ready? Four o'clock, wallowing self-pity. 4.30, stare into the abyss. Five o'clock, solve world hunger. Tell no one. 5.30, jazzercise. 6.30, dinner with me. I can't cancel that again. Seven, wrestle with myself, loathing. I'm booked. Of course, if I bump the loathing to nine, I could still be done in time to lay in bed, stare at the ceiling and slip slowly into madness. Fun. Not Christmassy, but fun. That was lockdown. That was my lockdown. <laughs> yeah. You know, exchange jazzercise for a jog. And I was doing all those things. Yeah, I never thought of that. Sorry, that might be a bit upsetting for everyone. It's very... I laughed my head off. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a great lockdown, but I didn't do any exercise. So that made it better. <laughs> uh, so anyway, of course, he does turn up. He wins. The award, he judges a conga. He eats quite a lot of fudge. I think it was fudge. I sort of missed what it is that they're sort of stuffing into his mouth. Yeah, the bastard who's, they force feed him and then shake him. Yes. That's not a prize. That's not a prize. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like he's treated pretty grimly. They um, he, they give him a shave because of his invisible beard. Yes, his invisible beard. <laughs> Um, so they shame him again for this imaginary beard, which really must be starting to get on his nerves now. Um, and the mayor, so again, we're talking about like their sort of heteronormative world that I assume they live in. The mayor proposes to Martha. I just assumed they were married because they're an older couple. And yes. I made a big assumption about that, which um, shows yes, but she's my such prejudices. A, she's such a sexual person. She Maybe really she's refused to be tied down to one man. To one man, yeah. Because there's the scene earlier where she has the light gun and she's firing lights at her house <laughs> in a very suggestive way with yeah. the thrusts every time she fires a light. I forgot to mention that. It's, that is one of the best bits where she just pounds. <laughs> the, it's really funny. Um, so anyway... This is a weird bit. It's a, a script-wise, I get it because you've got to really like smash this point about consumerism. But the mayor says to Martha, basically, if you marry me, you can have a car mm. <laughs> as well. And then the Grinch scratches the car with some furry fingers, um, but he goes nuts because that's their greed. He says, "Will the avarice never end?" And then he tells him to kiss his ass, mm. which is not a family-friendly move and is quite lewd. I mean, the kids, my kids, didn't notice it, but again, I cannot believe that was all right with Audrey. Geisel, yes, um, because it's so naughty. It just, it just is. It's really rude. But anyway. He also sets fire to a tree. That is yeah. that worse? It felt worse. Yeah. <laughs> um, he shaves the mayor. He shaves the mayor. He, he trashes te- the place. He terrorizes the town. And also, then he there's there's the 
He hops in a taxi, but then there's little mini who's. Now, are they, I mean, oh, have you, you haven't read the book, have you? Mm, so no. I didn't understand what that was. I was like, oh, is the Grinch a giant all of a sudden? Or are there little who's? But whatever, that just went over my head. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we're back up the mountain. But, but in that scene, I think we're supposed to be appalled at the fact that he's committed arson and assault and yeah. extensive Christmas damage. But I think they deserve it. Yeah, the whole town is deranged. Yeah. He's actually helping them by destroying Christmas. I mean, he should kill them all. But yeah. uh, if he's not going to do that, then yes, destroy Christmas. I think he's absolutely doing the right thing here. I think to be repeatedly shamed for something that doesn't even exist is, is, is very <laughs> trying. <laughs> and I can understand his anger, frankly. Um, so anyway, back up the mountain, Christmas is still on. They don't care. And that makes him mad. So we're like, oh God, we're nearly finished at this point. So he's going to finally do the thing that's in the title and he's going to steal Christmas. Mm. So he makes a Santa outfit. He makes a sleigh. He makes Max into a reindeer. He finds time for what I took to be an impression of Ron Howard, but could also be Steven Spielberg or just insert nah, man cap, director. That cap yeah. is very is very Howard because his, his balding dome. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, lo- I like sticking antlers on Max. Yeah. Turning him into fake reindeer, which I'm calling a feindeer. A feindeer? It's it, not very good. It's. I tell you what, though, you always get points for trying, mm-hmm. I think. Um. So, yeah, basically, he's turns himself into evil Father Christmas, evil Santa, sorry, cleans out the whole town. Mm. Um. Then we, so then we're getting to like the emotional like pivot point. The mayor shames Cindy, which I did find quite moving, actually, because she's only a little girl. And I think, the, I mean... I She's think, quite stupid, though, because um, to not figure out that that's the Grinch... In when that, he's been... Doesn't yeah. he, like, pop his head around the tree? Yes. It's me. Your children knew it was Jim Carrey. Oh, yeah. She should know that's the Grinch. Yeah, she should. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, she is. But then the, the mayor, a full grown-up, is like, I hope you're proud of yourself, which mm. is obviously not something you should say. Yeah, the, 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 mayor, the mayor's the villain of this piece, isn't he? Definitely. But that makes her dad sort of step up and say, I am proud of her because she has made him see and therefore the whole town that Christmas, in the words of the Grinch, doesn't come from a store. Maybe Christmas perhaps means a little bit more, Mm. which is lovely. Um, And the Grinch's heart grows, which is also lovely. Yeah, unless you you look up what that means in real life. Oh, he would die, would he? Yeah, I mean, the larger your heart, large heart is a sign of disease. and as the heart gets bigger, its ability to pump blood begins to decline. The muscle fibres get stretched more. Um, and it's not good. No. Basically, I, I did look into this if your heart increased three sizes. <laughs> but then I, I've, on Reddit, I found someone who says that um, it's heart quadrupling in size. This would typically kill someone. But as it is indicated, his heart started off undersized. It did. Yeah. So he has got a chance of surviving this. He has. And I mean, you know, if he can climb, well, he doesn't climb with a small heart. He can basically do anything because you think he wouldn't be able to catch his breath. Uh, but obviously, and also let's remember, he's not human. So fine. Uh, anyway, he needs to save the presents. And then Cindy's there and she, he does because she tells him to. And they sort of ski into town. He confesses. Mm, you get, that, that, that toboggan gives us the action sequence required of a family film. That sure. isn't really required. Yeah, that's a good point. I just, I don't know, it does my head in sometimes when they feel the need to sort of come up with a, a big action. i tell you what it made me think of. Oh, I can't believe I've forgotten the name. What's the film I like with the ham and the Coca-Cola and Father Christmas? Santa Claus the movie. Santa Claus the movie. It reminded me of that, but I think it came off poor. It's funny, but I like the sleigh chase yeah. in that better. Um, so anyway, they forgive him. They all forgive him. Martha goes back to him. Very breathy. Like, I love Christine Bransky a lot. And I do think it's very funny that she is playing this like a sort of 40s sex siren in the middle of this family film. Yeah, I just think it's weird. <laughs> I don't like sure. it. <laughs> and it. And it makes me uncomfortable. Um, yeah. But the mayor's had his comeuppance because there was that weird moment where the dog, he kisses, he licks the dog's ass or something or the dog licks his what, ass. What, during or... the, the, the robbing of the houses? Yeah, thing. yeah. Oh my God, I forgot about that. So the mayor's asleep. He's got a bra on his head to keep his curls in place. Mm. Cool. And then the Grinch is like, I'm going to get the dog to kiss you. But then the dog is seen sort of dragging itself mm. across. What does that mean? I think that some bum lingus has been happening. That is mad. That is mad that that is in this film. I just had to block it out straight away 
because it upset me so much. And I just thought, oh, the dog's got worms. Like, so, I don't. So not only does the mayor lose the love of his life, yeah. he licks a bum's ar- a dog's ass. Yeah. Hey, happy Christmas, Audrey <laughs> Geisel. <laughs> so, yeah, um, the Grinch carves the beast. The end. That's mm. it. Did you see the little Easter egg? Oh, Easter egg. That's good. Uh, Cindy Luce is at the end there is serving green eggs and ham. Oh, is she? No, I yes. missed that. I missed that, that one slipped in. Yeah. And then you get the uh, and then you get um, Faith Hill singing Mariah Carey for some reason. That is weird. I just didn't notice. Um, so that's it. Any more? Shall we do the bits? Um, there was one fact I liked. Um, it was I was reading about June Foray, who was the uh, sort of female version of Chuck Jones back in the day. She did the voices of all these characters. Um, sorry, Mel Blanc, uh, and she was the voice of Cindy Lou in the original cartoon. Oh, okay. And uh, Chuck Jones was unable to attend the premiere of this film due to his ill health, but she was invited along, having been part of the history of this story. And she said, after seeing the film, um, she said she was glad that Jones didn't get to see it, believing that the film would have finished him off. Oh, my God. Okay. It's not that bad, is it? I don't know. <laughs> it's a funny film, isn't it? It's just when you're watching it, you're just like, ah, I can't, my eyes. But I then think afterwards, you just, it's, it, and also I'm the wrong person to ask because even though I'm on a podcast talking about it, I love Christmas so much that I will forgive a lot at this time of year. Yeah, but maybe if you've been a part of this very sweet, lovely adaptation of this story, to see this quite obnoxious, noisy, it just, I don't know, I don't like those, I don't like noisy films. No, I know. know. And it's not because I'm getting old. I didn't like them when I was little. I just think, I don't know, It's you can be better than that. Yeah, it's not very homely, I guess. Uh, Okay, so what was your favourite scene? Uh, the original Baby Yoda, uh, Baby Grinch. Yeah. I love the look of Baby Grinch <laughs> and then child Baby Grinch, as we've established, is just uh, adorable. So the stuff with him, I think, is... it's it, The whole film could have captured some of that spirit. I think yes. you've got something special. Definitely. I Mine's exactly the same, the flashback stuff. It's so, so, so good. And it, I, I was nearly crying. Mm. So there we are. Uh, what's your most valuable whatever? Um, I was going to say Anthony Hopkins because I love his voice but (laughs) as I don't want to anger you I'm going to say Kelly um, who plays Max the dog (laughs) I think Kelly does an amazing job yeah that's fair and do you know who does uh, the noises for Max Um, is it yes is it yeah We say his name, we've said his name every week for two and a half years I know and I said it last week Mm -hmm. what's his fucking name help me out Frank Welker. Yeah. What is wrong with me? I need to get tattooed. Classic Welks. Classic Welker. He just does everything. He must be up there, actually. I'll have to do a count on to, to, to whether or not he's he's our most clashed person we now. We should put it in the spreadsheet. That's what spreadsheets are for, Chris. They do the counting, so you don't have okay. to. <laughs> we'll do. Uh, who's who's yours? Who's your most valuable? Whatever? I mean, I mean, you know, I want to give it to Jim Carrey because I, I do get it, and he's familiar to me, you know. So I want to, but I can't because of Josh Ryan Evans. I think he steals it. Yeah, I really do. I want to see. I want to see a whole film of that. Agreed. And I don't think you do have to give it to Jim Carrey either. I, I think this might be a better Grinch if it had been Jack Nicholson or Ooh, really? Dustin Hoffman or whoever. I, he doesn't feel like the Grinch to me. He feels like Jim Carrey. Yeah. Sort of forcing a, a story into what he can do. Yeah, I do agree there. I, mean, I suppose if you like what he does, it's palatable. I don't know. I do like what he does, but I just don't think it works here. Uh, so what would you change? The Grinch doesn't need a fucking backstory. Just like Hannibal Lecter doesn't need a backstory. Norman Bates doesn't need a backstory. And Darth Vader doesn't need a backstory. He's grumpy. That's it. Oh, that's interesting. That's all we need. He's grumpy and he doesn't like the noise. I suppose, Audrey, guys, you fucked yourself out of an origin story. So <laughs> that was a <laughs> you, did. You, you didn't get the prequel. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, I, I, just, I just don't think it's necessary for this character. I don't think it makes him, uh, well, you know, it's giving him these hidden debts, but I don't think it needs You're it. right, because you could spend the narrative with him stealing Christmas, I would say within the first at least fucking half hour, and then having a turnaround based on yep. some adventure that he gets up to. Yeah. That would uh, make sense. Uh, also, if you want to make a Tim Burton movie, get Tim Burton. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I've got quite a few changes. Um, lose the snouts. I cannot. I can't bear them. They just make me think of of wet, wet noses. I just, I can't cope with them. Um, Whoville itself seems quite foggy. Did you notice that? Like, I can't, I can't cope with that. Less back and forth. We're up the mountain. We're down the mountain. We're up and down. That's annoying. He comes down once. He stays down and learns a lesson. Or he never comes down or whatever. But you can't just keep going back and forth. Coming down off the mountain needs to be as symbolic as it sounds. 
But the big one is make Cindy's mum and dad's, Lou and Betty, sort of central to having run the Grinch out of town in the first place because they get away with it because they're sort of adjacent to that action. They were present, but they didn't do it. And I think it's just more of a, I can't even believe I'm saying this. I think I've gone to, I think I might've jumped the shark of my own personality. Make them more central to that because let's just collapse a few characters. No, I'm with you. There needs to be sort of that guilt happening yes. in town. And then their daughter characters. shows them yeah. how they can be better people, better who's, yeah. whatever. That's it. Right, that was How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Very sorry if you love that film. Um, I feel like, do people love that film? Yes. Okay. I don't think I've met anyone that loves it, but maybe a different generation does or maybe a different continent does. So (laughs) uh, profuse apologies. You can um, get in touch with us at Clash Pod uh, on Twitter and Instagram to tell us why we're wrong. Um, as there's no Alex, uh, this week's quiz will be shifting to next week. So you can Shit. relax, Vicky. You okay. can relax. Otherwise, it would have been too easy a win for you. <laughs> I probably still would have fucked it up. <laughs> but it is going to be this week themed. I'm just going to switch it over, Okay, which great. is Christmassy. Um, so I'll take the opportunity to again plug our January season, which is being curated by you, the listener. Uh, simply send your pairings to show at clashpod.com and we'll pick the best from the 300 and counting that we've received thus far, uh, which is amazing. Thanks for all your emails. Thanks for all the lovely messages. It's been really uh, awesome reading people saying why they listen and what they enjoy about the show. Um, And if you do fancy saying why you want those specific pairings, that's always good for us to to read out on the show because it's always good to hear your reasoning. Uh, But now it's clue time and it's my go. Uh, meaning Clashmas continues with this, sitting on a throne of lies. That's sitting on a throne of lies. That's <laughs> yeah, <it's> ominous. <laughs> right, that's your lot. Uh, if you haven't already, and as a Christmas present to us, uh, please subscribe and or rate and or review our humble podcast if you have the time. And do check in with us on Twitter and Instagram at ClashPod for additional bits and pieces. In the meantime, we'll be back on Thursday to talk Krampus Goodbye. This was a Stack Production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com.